Chronicles 12. Men of war, men equipped for war is what it talks about. And it went through each of the tribes of how they gathered to David. And some it just didn't really say much. It just said of the men of, of, of uh, Dan, X number. You know, the men of, of, uh, of Manasseh, X number. But of this one, it says, Of the sons of Issachar, that was one of the, the tribes, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. It's a very, very important verse. This, these guys had this anointing on them to understand the times. And I believe God wants to speak to us about what is happening in our world now so we, the people of God, would know what to do. I believe the Lord is speaking clearly through different means. Uh, one of them, you can turn to Acts 3. Gosh, if I had a Bible up here, I'd be good. <laughs> Acts, uh, not Acts, yeah. One of the ways that I feel, you know, one of the ways that God has begun to speak to me is through the news, is, is the nightly newscast. And I listen to the news to hear God. Because I believe he's speaking. Here's a great example. Back in, I think it was in October, remember when the forest fires were, or the fires were going on in California? And this is what Dan Rather said. This is a very prophetic statement. He said he came on the news, and this was his opening statement on the, on the CBS Nightly News. It's dark at noontime. And when he said that, I felt the Lord saying, Listen. It's dark at noontime. We're in the middle of the day. And he was talking about, naturally, about the fires in Southern California, Northern California, and how the smoke was so thick you couldn't even see the sun in the middle of the day. And I felt like the Lord was saying, there's a darkness that's coming into the earth, and it's going to be dark at noontime spiritually. And I believe if we could see spiritually, we would see that we are in a very dark time in our nation. You hear what I'm saying to you? And that's just one example of many things I felt. If we will listen, not to just what they're saying, listen to the Spirit of God. God is speaking in many ways, through you know, prophetically, to people who have ears to hear and people who will listen to what He's saying. And, you know, I don't particularly like the views of the news. You know, they're very liberal in their views. But I'll tell you, God can speak through anything. He spoke through a donkey. And, uh, and I think the Lord can speak through any medium. And He wants to use the medium to speak to us. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I believe, uh, you know, I was telling Becky this morning, I, you know, I never want to preach a message like I want to preach today. And I realize I already have. Because I wanted to talk a little bit about that passion movie and some of the implications. But I did talk to you about another movie that was on called Bruce Almighty. Y'all remember that movie? I hope you went to see Bruce Almighty, but that's a powerful uh, non-Christian movie that really clearly shows how human beings are and how we act about God and how what the mess we would make if we became God. I love that 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 uh, movie. It really spoke to me. But I've never been a current events person. You know, I've just ignored everything. You know, because you know I'm not wanting to jump on the bandwagon and all that. But um, I really want to jump on this bandwagon because it's God's bandwagon, I think. But turn to Acts 1, not Acts 3. Somebody messed that up when they wrote that down. But let me just read this to you and show you something in here that's, that's really powerful. Are you all okay? 
Acts chapter 1, 1 through 3. The former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began. Everybody say began. Now, it's just a beginning, both to do and teach. Jesus began to just do something and teach something. He's, he's not finished. In other words, that's what he's trying to say there. Until the day that he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, this is interesting. Okay? Verse 3 there, uh, that word suffering, after his suffering, okay? It's, what, it's the New King James. I'm, I don't know what NIV and I think New American Standard uses the word suffering. But the old King James, the original King James, uses the word passion there. After his passion. And if you look at the, the Greek word there, it is the word that we get. You know, there it is up there on the screen. I wouldn't dare try to announce it or pronounce it for you. But we get our word for passion from that Greek word. And, uh, and there's the, de- the, the, the definition of it, best they can come up with, uh, is, is to be affected or have been affected, to feel, to have a sensible experience, to undergo. That's, that's what that word for suffering that we have translated means there. It's the passion, you know, the passion of the Lord. That, this movie, The Passion of Christ meaning the sufferings of Christ. That's one way that word can be translated. Uh, but, you know, you know, that's really what, you know, God is really wanting to communicate into the earth today is His passion. You hear what I'm saying to you? He had a very much, a, God has a powerful passion for people. And uh, passion really is an expression of our hearts, right? When we have passion for something, it's not a, it's not a, a mind thing. It's something that comes with... I'm talking about real passion, man. I'm not talking about just something you become fascinated with or something you like in your little brain. I'm talking about something that's inside of you that really motivates you and, and, and draws you and causes you to go after something. It takes something more than just a mind to go hang on a cross. You know, Paul said, you know, I think in Acts 20, he said, man, people are begging him, please don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. Please. I mean, we're talking the brethren, the Christians... The people who love Paul, don't go there. He said, I've got to go there. I must go there. Even though I know chains awaits me and beatings awaits me. Something drove him. And it was a passion in him. That's what drove Paul to do what he did. It was passion. And the Lord has this huge passion in his heart. Obviously He does for people. Obviously God does. He's always had that passion. But it seems in the world today that passion is stirred up. It really does seem that, doesn't it? I mean, this is not just this stuff is not just a coincidence that's going on now. We've got to understand the times that we're living in. We need to be paying attention and perceiving that uh, you know there's interviews on TV talking about the death of Christ. The world's in a stir about it. It's in magazines. It was on Newsweek a picture of of this of Jesus with the thorns on His head that was, you know, Newsweek magazine, the cover story. And are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we hearing what God's trying to communicate now? Or are we just the old church sitting over here with our little world? Now, I think I'm probably preaching to the choir this morning the way y'all acted. <laughs> Getting outside and screaming and carrying on. Uh, but even in that, I mean, that's one thing we had to be careful of, that we just don't come to church and have a big huddle and 
whoopity-doobity. Or, you know, like a football team, they get in there and the coach talks to them before the game and encourages them and gets them all fired up. But what if they never went out and played the game? Well, they just got that encouragement. Yeah, man, we're all ready. We've got our uniforms on. We've got the game plan. The coaches talk to us. We're fired up. We're going to go whip them guys. And just sit around there in the locker room. Well, it's time to go home now. You know, I mean, that would be stupid, wouldn't it? Nobody would want to go sit around and watch that stuff. And you think how many football players are going to last on a team like that? Not long. Even the ones they were paying would slowly get bored and quit and go find something to do with their life. And that's what we've got to be careful about, I think. And I'm not saying we do that. I'm saying we have probably have been guilty of that at some point. Uh, and I wanted to say this, but God's passion towards man is one thing in His heart that He freely expresses. That is one thing that God will freely express, His heart. Now, this is something that I've learned about God's heart, and I'm learning it the hard way. I'm learning, you know, we have these Friday night meetings, and the express purpose of those Friday night meetings is to discover the heart of God. I'm learning this. This is what the Lord told me after going through a few difficult, disappointing, miserable situations. Is The Lord said to me, Do you think I'm just going to throw my heart out there? You said that's what you wanted to do, so I'm doing, I'm cooperating with you. But do you think I'm just going to throw my heart out there for people to walk all over? Now, He will throw His heart out there when it comes to His love for people. I think that is a fact of life. But I think there's some things in God's heart He just slam is not going to just throw them out there. Oh, walk in the room and let's praise the Lord and get what God's got. He's saying, I'm not going to do that. And I think that's a reality that we need to wake up to. That God, you know, we're looking for a blessing always. And I think we always need to look for the blessing. I'm, I'm needing to be blessed. But if we really want to know the heart of the Lord, if we really want to know some things in His heart, He's just not going to set them out there. You know, like, okay, here it is. For us to treat it lightly, to, for us to just ignore it, for us to just, oh, that was fun, and go home. You see what I'm saying? I think there's a thing, there is a groping, there's a discovering, there's an issue where God says, you're going to have to press through some stuff to get my heart. Now, that's a hard truth to, to embrace. And, I, and this is what will happen. God will weed out people in a heartbeat over something like that. He'll weed you out in a heartbeat. He'll weed me out in a heartbeat over it. He'll weed the best of us out in a heartbeat over it. Because there's things in God's heart that He wants to share with people that are real serious with Him that are dynamically serious with Him, but He's just not going to just easily give them to you because He's serious about it. It's just, I'm going to just tell you the truth. There are some things I'm not telling people. Okay? Now, I can tell them to my wife, but, but my wife sleeps with me. You hear what I'm saying? My wife knows what I look like without any clothes on. She knows about me. I'm intimate with her. Therefore, she's earned this right in my life to hear my heart because she does the same with me. There's this thing called intimacy, getting close to God. And you try to get a corporate group close to God, it's hard to do. It's hard personally to be intimate with the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what we need to do is we need to understand the differences in God's heart. There's a time when God will slam throw His heart out there on the line when it comes to His passion and love for people. He will just put it out there where everybody can see it, where everybody can touch it. And I believe that's what he's trying to do in this movie. He's just slam showing people, this is what it's really like. This is my heart torture. This is what I went through for you. 
I want you to know I suffered. I want you to know how awful it was. And it's wonderful. And there's a time when God will come into a church service when you feel like you just barely got in the door and God's just all over you. You know, or a time when you sit down and read the Bible when God's just all over you. It's wonderful. You're reading the Bible and you can't... Man, i got 17 teachers out of three verses. Then there's times when you sit down, what is this stuff? You pray, where's the God that was here yesterday? It's because God wants us to have intimacy with Him. He wants us to connect with His heart on a different level. You see, the church, the church had already had this passion thing. We should be into this. We ought to know how much God loves us. But I guarantee there's people in this room this morning will tell you when if they could get real truth about the love of God. They just don't believe it. They know it's true in their mind, but they've not experienced it. And we think, wait, why? Why is the church in that state? You know, we shouldn't. We, of all people, we should know. Um, so the Lord is trying to teach us about His heart. First thing He wants to teach us is when it comes to love for people, lost people, bad people, ugly people, black people, white people, nasty people, people from India. doesn't matter. Teenagers that are rebellious. Teenagers that are religious. Which, if you find one, let me see them. <laughs> they ain't none of them religious teenagers. Are not around here anyway. Old people that are religious. And the Lord loves them. Loves them. And that's one of the things He's trying to do, I believe, with this movie, to show people, I really do love you. And this was my passion for you. And we think we love God with our little sight. I'm going to give my life to God, you know, and all that kind of attitude. nothing compared to what He's done for us. Nothing. There's no measurement. We could never repay Him. And I believe what God wants to show I believe the church needs to see that. Let me just do this here. I'm making this thing. I'm going to skip this one. Okay. I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Uh, I don't read You can't read it. Let me read that. Can you take time to read this? I love this. This is awesome. This is about the movie. This, is, this come from Jody Dean, who is the Dallas-Fort Worth anchor for the CBS News. You know, local news. And I don't know if Jody's a girl or a boy, which one it is. I think, what would that be, girl? Jody? But this is what she said. This is an excerpt Matthew gave me, emailed this. I can see why some people are worried about how this film portrays the Jews. They should be worried. No, it's not anti-Semitic. What it is is entirely shattering. There are no winners. No one comes off looking good except Jesus. Even his own mother hesitates. As depicted, the Jewish leaders of Jesus' day merely do what any of us would have done and still do. They protected their perceived place. Come on. Their sense of safety and security and the satisfaction of their own rightness. But everyone falters. Capias judges. Peter denies. Judas betrays. Simon the Cyrene balks. Mark runs away. Pilate equivocates. The crowd mocks. The soldiers laugh. Longinius still stabs with his palace. That's the thing he drove in. The centurion still carries out his orders. And as Jesus fixes, fixes them, fixes them with a glance, they still turn away. Isn't that just a state of man? The Jews, the Romans, Jesus' friends, they all fall. 
Every one of us. Everyone except the principal figure. Heaven sheds a single mighty tear, and as blood and water spew from his side, the complacency of all creation is eternally shattered. Isn't that something? The complacency of all generation of all creation. And that's really, I believe, an excellent little write up about this passion movie. The complacency of all creation is eternally shattered. Alright? Okay, come on, thing. Turn to Galatians three ones right quick. Are y'all okay yet? Are you getting angry? Oh, he's too preaching too long. <laughs> give me this, give you this one right quick. This is good stuff, man. Okay? There's so much that God wants to speak to us at this time. Here's Paul, Galatians 3, one. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Come on. We're talking about obeying the Lord. Now listen to this. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now Paul's talking to people who didn't have the Passion movie. They didn't have that in that day. They had words. And I believe they were a lot more skilled with words. Because, you know, there could have been some of them around at that time, right? That could have seen the Lord actually crucified. But maybe not Galatians, though. That was, I'm asking Larry. He knows more than I know about this stuff. But this is the question about the church. Are we bewitched? Are we inoculated? You know what inoculation is? Everybody knows what that is? It gives you just enough of the germ to keep you from getting the disease. You know, like polio inoculations back in the day. I don't know if they're still doing them, but they give a little bit of the germ, take on a little sugar cube. And it actually put the polio germ in your body, but it, your, it didn't put enough where it could win, you know, overcome your body's natural defenses. So your body would look at this germ. This is your blood. This is interesting about blood. If you study the human blood, it's fascinating because you can get a lot of spiritual parallels. But what would happen is germ would come into the body, this polio germ or whatever germ they inoculated with, and it would take your, your bloodstream, your defenses, your white corpuscles, red corpuscles, all that stuff, would go and look at this germ and understand this germ and develop a, a defense against it in the body. And, it would, and so the germ would come in, but it was in such a small amount that it could not, you know, your body could immediately recognize it, build up, a, build up an antibody, what they call an antibody, against this, this germ and destroy it. And that's one thing about AIDS is your body isn't just, their body has not figured out how to do it because it's, when you study it, you realize it's so demonic, that virus, HIV, because that thing can actually mutate and hide and do all, and, and trick the immune system. That's what it actually does. It's very, very interesting when you study this stuff. But that is what I believe has happened to many of us. We've, we've tasted the gospel. We've got this gospel message, this little bit of this message, and it's been watered down in some ways to us. So we've got just enough of it, but we've built up in our spirit some sort of defense against this, this passion of God, this, this thing that God has, and we've become such a lukewarm, complacent people. Now, I think maybe you could say, I'm not that way, but look at the church in America. You could say that something has happened to us that has caused us to be the way we are. And I believe we have this inoculation in us against the gospel. Uh, I heard T.D. Jake say in 1999, he said, I am convinced of this. He said this, I heard him. 
preaching, you know, TD, you know, he can say it so well. But he said, I'm convinced of this. This generation has really not heard the gospel message. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having the things going on that we have with the Christians. Because there's going to be a line. There's going to, it's either going to be light or dark. It can't be gray. And he was saying it back in 1999. So I believe with the movie, God has chosen such a time as this because we are a generation who've grown up being visually stimulated. I, that's not wrong, I don't think. God is using the visual thing like He never has in history except for the time it really happened with the people that were there to try to reach a generation. Now you tell me that's the passion of God. Tell me, you know, that is the passion. He is using the, the means. He's stooping down to us and saying, okay, you're an MTV generation. You love the visual. That speaks to you. You've grown up on it. I will stoop down and I will communicate my passion through that means. He's going to use it. He's going to use it. I really believe He is. And I haven't seen that movie. I don't know if it's Billy, but Billy Graham thought it was great, so I'm not going to... I'm just going to say, yeah, Billy liked it. I like it. I think he's cool, man. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to read this. I was, just, just abbreviated. This is another thing Jody said. She said, Luke wrote that Jesus reveals Himself in the breaking of the bread. Luke 24. And then she said, exactly, the passion of Christ shows that bread being broken. That bread being broken. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It is an offense. Okay? She said this about the movie. The other thing she said, she said, I wanted to vomit when I was watching the movie. I was sickened by it. That's what she said. I was, this, we're talking to a person who like, I was sickened by the... It just went on and on. It was, she said, ain't nobody going to be eating popcorn. In fact, they were talking about doing an altar call at the end. I'm thinking, who's going to do that altar call? I don't know if the Christians are going to be able to get up and make some proclamation. They need to go watch it three or four times and get, you know, get where they can deal with it in their heart, you know. Because you may be wanting to do the answer to the altar call. You may be saying, Lord, I just didn't know how much you loved me. I didn't know this was the way it really was for you. You know, I need to answer the altar call. I need to repent. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that's what happens. Matthew said he was dreading to watch this thing. I'm sort of dreading it, man. This is going to wear him out. You know, but I know um, this stuff can be offensive. Okay? But I, I wanted to say this. I believe we need to see Jesus' body broken and discarded. I believe we need to see. I really offended a fool of some people here a few weeks ago. Some people, I ain't coming back to that church throwing the bread and doing all that craziness you did. <laughs> I didn't mean to hit the person with the bread. Okay, but I meant to throw that bread. When I did that little thing of breaking the bread, I meant to throw that bread down. It sort of slipped out of my hands and hit Jenny. But I tell you this, God wants to offend us to no end with the violence of His passion for us. The violence of it. God was discarded like just a worthless piece of bread and thrown down, broken and thrown aside like He was nothing. And it was His passion that drew... That was God. He could have just slammed, done something different if He wanted to. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I believe the Lord really does want us to see all that. Well, there you go, abbreviation. So, here's the thing. Number one, okay? God wants to reveal His passion 
to America. I think the church needs to see it. I think we need to see it. I think just like the Galatians, they had become, they'd gotten off because they did not really clearly see Jesus Christ as that broken bread and poured out wine. It just, and they, they got off and got into legalism. I think we need to, the church needs to see that thing to get us just on fire for Him and love with Him. And, you know, and I think that's part of what God wants to show is His heart. He wants to show His heart like that. Okay? All right, that's important for us. But number two, I think the Lord wants to say something about His heart to us also is His heart is not something we just trample on. Now, He will let us trample all over, all over the gospel message. Okay? He, will, he lets people do that all the time. But if you want the heart of God, I mean, if you really want to know His heart, you've got to get close to Him. You've got to get intimate with Him. You've got to press through the things in your life that's going to keep that from happening. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You've got to say, well, the Bible was born. I don't really have time for a quiet time. I don't this, I don't that. You know, see, you know, really, it's going to take something on our part to really reach for Him. Now, He's reaching out for us. He wants it. But again, I can't share my deep things of my heart with just anybody. And God does not want to just share the deep things of His heart. He just, want to, just doesn't want to throw them out there for people to walk all over. He's not going to do it. And I'm telling you that. I want you to hear that this morning. He's not going to do it. On a personal level, He's not going to do it. And on a corporate level, He's not going to do it. So if all we do, if we come to read the Word, if we come to pray just so that we'll be blessed and feel God's presence, if we come to church just for that, we are making a very critical mistake in our lives. We've got to make a decision in our hearts. Lord, I want to come to be blessed. I want to sit down with you and feel your presence and hear you speak to me. But I know there's something beyond that. I know all that is is you're wooing me and drawing me and let me sense this. But you want, to, you want me to go further than that. You want me to go across some kind of situation in my life where I realize I've got to, by faith, reach you and touch you. And I believe God won't. He's looking for people. The Bible says God is his, He's searching. It says in the, in the Old Testament it said this. Think about it. He says the eyes of the Lord are searching the earth looking for somebody whose heart would be towards Him. Oh, Lord, my heart's so towards You. Well, yeah, it is right now because my presence is in the room and it's full and everybody's happy and we're excited. But what about when my presence is not in the room is your heart towards me? You see what I'm saying? And that's where I believe we are as a church. And as the people of God, I'm not just our church, but every church, is God is saying, I'm looking for people who will just press beyond and really go after my heart. Because i got things I want to tell people that's on my heart. i got hidden secrets that I want to release into the earth. And if I had to do it through Dan Rather, Rather, or whatever, I will do that. You understand what I'm saying to you? God's calling us to something. He's calling us up. He's calling us to something greater. And I really want us to hear that. I don't want us to get lost in the, you know, in this. And, and we are going to really need it if God really is calling us to war. If He's really calling us, you know, to be evangelistic. Because it's going to take, it's going to take it. Now listen, listen. It's all by the grace of God. 
He does. That's what He wants to do. It's His grace, you know, and motivating and enabling and doing it. But that's, see, don't you understand? It's the grace of God calling out in you. Chuck says deep calling to deep. It's God calling out in you, calling out to God out there to hear Him, to have this thing with Him. So what Christians need to do today, I think, is get close to Jesus like you never have in your life, is have an intimacy with Him, have a personal life with Him. Oh, forget the rules and how you do it. Just find out how He wants to do it and do it with Him. It doesn't matter. But that's what He wants. Because I'll be doggone if I want to go to the on war with a bunch of people who are real half-hearted and don't want to and messed up and wanting to fall away. And You know, I don't want to get in no foxhole of a crowd like that. I don't want to get in the foxhole with a bunch of people who, like, we're like Paul. The Lord's done something in us. Something's happening to me. I don't know. It's got to be God because it ain't me naturally. But I'm willing to go out there and, and just hang it all out for the Lord. You know? And I think that's what God's looking for in the church. Get out of this bless me attitude. And get into, Lord, we really do want your heart now. All right, Lord, take the church back and show us the gospel message one more time. Show it to us how we can receive it on the, in the movies. You know? And, you know, let us receive it just like everybody else. You love us. You care about us. But also let us say, man, there's more to God than just Him loving us. I mean, that love is, is deep. There's other things in God's heart that are wonderful that He wants to reveal also. And those are the things that He's just not going to throw out there. Amen? So, let's stand up and be dismissed. Did any of that make any sense? All right, Lord... There's some people in here that need to hear you. Last night I was up very late because of allergy problems, and I turned on the television, and I saw uh, Roper and Ebert, and they were doing the review of the movie. And the strange thing about it was they were competing to fully explain the gospel. They were just overwhelmed by the movie. I, I expected them to uh, tear it up. Uh, instead, they said it was probably one of the greatest movies ever made. They said that the movie, that w the cut of the, the, the presentation that was shown to people like Billy Graham was not as good as the final cut. And the other thing that's been said is that Mel Gibson is not in the movie, but he is in one place. I don't know if you've heard that but it's his hands that drive the nails into Jesus. His hands and feet. I think it takes that kind of commitment to make the movie, uh, and I think it takes that kind of commitment on our part, you know, to see that if, if there was no one else that needed the cross, we do. And it's our hands, so to speak, that drive the nails into the cross. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray every person in this room would see that this morning about themselves. We drove that nail into you, Lord. And Lord, do something in the church with this movie. Because, Lord, I believe, Lord, you said there's an alarm going off in the spiritual realm. And I believe this movie is, is saying... There is an opportunity for a great harvest coming. And it's time for the church to wake up 
and hear and listen. There's an opportunity. There is an alarm. I don't care what anybody said. There's an alarm going off in the spirit realm. It's been going off for a while. And the Lord is saying there's an opportunity coming. Don't miss it. Don't sleep through the alarm. Wake up. And Lord, I pray for each one of us. Lord, I know there's not what better way we could all wake up is by knowing your passion, Lord. Your passion, Lord. Your heart towards us, Lord. And I ask you to do that. But Lord, at the same time, I'm asking you to raise up other people in this church who have a passion to go beyond what everybody in the world gets. Lord, but go into the deepness of your heart. And be intimate with you and hear things from you that you whisper to the ones who are intimate with you that the rest of us don't get to hear. Do that with people, Lord, so we can hear your whispers. Not just your shouts, but your whispers. Lord, some of us have heard the shout, but we're missing the whispers. You're whispering to some of us. You're whispering. Lord, you're going to shout through this movie, but there's going to be some whispers at the same time. And I ask you that we would start hearing the whispers along with the shouts. Lord, do that for every one of us. Give us that hunger for that. Let that movie cause us to hunger, to know a God who has such a heart for man that we would want to be intimate with Him. And Lord, we're saying, make us a part of the harvests. Let us be the laborers. Show us what we can do. We thank You in Jesus' name. We want to ask people to come up for...